Hey rock stars, I'm Lydia Billings. And I'm Colleen Starcoke. And you're listening to Rules Aren't Real, a Rowan Coaching production. Have you ever followed a rule that didn't end up serving you? Here's an example. I can't be an artist and make money. Or how about this one? You can't start a new career after 30. Colleen and I want to explore why people often follow these rules, even though they aren't always awesome. Every other week, we'll dissect and debunk a societal, cultural, or individual rule invented by humans. We'll also look at some of the neuroscience behind why we're wired to follow the beaten path. On the alternating weeks, we'll interview a super rad real-life guest who has achieved badass results by completely breaking the previous week's rule. Get ready to climb out of that box, folks. Welcome to Rules Aren't Real. Welcome, everybody, to Rules Aren't Real. Hello. <laughs> Hi. We are here uh, today to debunk uh, a rule that we think definitely needs to be questioned, which is this idea that having a kid means losing yourself. And last week, Lydia and I went over um, a bunch of different reasons this rule exists, the different expectations that society puts on moms and that moms put on themselves and all of that. And today, we're super excited to welcome um, Cody McBurnett. Cody is the owner and creative director of Loki Loki, a boutique brand identity and web design firm. Um, which is really fabulous, by the way. If you guys, any of our listeners out there, need a new website and need some brand support around that, she is bomb at what she does. We will obviously be providing a link to her work. Uh, Let's see here. So she's from Massachusetts originally, uh, but she's been in New York City for the past 18 years, and currently she lives in Brooklyn with her partner, Doug, their two-and-a-half-year-old son, Waylon, who's a super cutie, and two elderly cats, outside of work. Some things that Cody enjoys are traveling, beaches, Italy, Iceland, the office, loud rock shows in small venues, and Bergdorf Goodman. I'm <laughs> sure that that describes uh, at least a couple people that you know, right? <laughs> All right. So what do we want to know about Cody today, Lydia? Oh, besides everything, um, <laughs> I want to hear just sort of generally a little bit about you and your journey before you became a mother and since you've been you know, since you've become a mom, just so we can sort of get a feel for who you are a little bit. Sure. Okay. So, well, thank you for having me. First of all, I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, I know that there's a lot of stuff out there about moms should do that. I mean, that's part of the problem, right? With this rule is that there's so much telling us how we should be and what we should be doing. And it's nice to just talk about it from my perspective and what's working for me and what's not. Um, and, and, uh, and to sort of just put it out there. Um, because as I'll talk about, I'm sure a little bit later, I didn't see a lot of people sort of doing the parenting thing the way that I, in a way that I could picture myself doing it, which is sort of one of the reasons I wasn't quite sure that that parenting was for me. So, um, if, sort of telling my story a little bit can maybe help somebody say this is for me or otherwise maybe like she's totally bonkers and why would you ever want to do that to a child you know either way (laughs) um this is my story um anyway um so yeah I'm originally from Massachusetts um a little small college town called Northampton Massachusetts which is where Smith College is and um I sort of lived the college campusy 
life. I went to boarding school for high school. So by the time I wanted to go to college, I knew I wanted to be in the city. Um, so I came to New York City for college in 1998. I studied sociology and history uh, at Eugene Lang College at the new school and worked towards my master's in political science. I met my husband on a flight to Iceland. That's where my family's, my mom's side of the family. My mom is from Iceland. And I was flying there in February of 2000 and sitting next to this super cute guy. Um, and so we've been together ever since. So this February, it'll be 17 years that we've been together. And in 2003, shortly after I graduated college, the two of us moved to Panama for two years um, and lived there. And it was a, it was a great experience. Um, but since moving back, we've been, you know, very sort of rare for New York city. We've been in the same apartment sort of doing the same thing. Well, not really, but, uh, in the same apartment for about 13 years now. Wow, I feel like awesome. we have to know more about this story on the plane. Yeah, we were sitting next to each other on this flight to Iceland in February in 2000, which there's even now there's not a ton of people going to Iceland in February. But back then there was like nobody going to Iceland in February. And I was going to visit a, a sick relative, my great grandmother. Um, and Doug was I didn't find this out until about six months later, but he was going to visit a girl that he'd met on vacation in Mexico who lived in Denmark. So he was just like stopping through. But of course, I didn't hear that story. I heard oh, I'm just going to visit friends in Copenhagen. Hi, you want a mint? Let's let's chat. And I was actually pretty, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I was a little annoyed that this guy was trying to talk to me. But in the grand scheme of things, we were lucky. There was a seat between us, but nobody sat in it. So eventually we did start chatting. And then um, we didn't exchange any information. And then on the flight back, four days later, it was Valentine's Day. And we were on the same flight again. And he was a row behind me. And there was no one else in my row, so he moved up. And yeah, it's ever since we've been together. Oh my god, <laughs> this is so incredible! I love this story. I love that he was like the annoying guy that you didn't really want to yeah. talk to. <laughs> well, cute, real. you know. I mean, I yeah. still remember him coming up the aisle and saying, "Oh, I hope he's sitting near me." But still, that doesn't mean. I want to be stuck talking to him for five hours. <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there where you start a conversation with, you know, a seemingly sweet seeming grandmother. And three hours later, you're hearing all about her grandson's problems with the law or something like that. <laughs> and, um, and you're like, wait, you know, I just want to read my book. Please. Exactly, exactly. Boundaries consent. Yeah, I did the total, like, yeah, you know, young female or, you know, anyone female traveling by themselves. I had headphones and a book. <laughs> I was like, don't talk to me. Um, but, you know, I'm glad he did. <laughs> nice. We've only known each other for a short while, Cody. Um, and I already know that we could probably interview you on this show every week. What <laughs> you're you're like a consummate rule breaker. What are some of the other rules that you've broken on the way to becoming a mom? Well, one of the big ones I 
think, I mean, I don't think about it so much as being a rule breaker on a day-to-day basis. It wasn't until I was sort of thinking about coming and talking to you and uh, listening to some of your previous uh, episodes that I realized that I was such a rule breaker. You know, it's sort of, I think if it's the kind of thing that you do, like, like both of you do, you don't really think about it too much, right? You know, you're like, that's just what I do. I, I'm an independent woman and I march right. to the beat of my own drum. Right. Um, but one of the things, uh, you know, so yeah, my husband, Doug, um, isn't legally my husband. We never actually got married. So like I said, we've been together for 17 years. Um, we've committed to each other. We've exchanged vows. We've exchanged rings, but we never actually uh, had like a wedding ceremony. (laughs) So legally, we are not married. (laughs) Um, But we call each other husband and wife. And that's sort of our, we can do that because we get to make that definition. I guess there's probably some people that might have an issue with that, but um, that's not really for them to say. But also, who cares? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Fuck them. Exactly. And then... um, you know, another one that, that sort of ties into sort of my my path to become a mom, although while it was happening, I didn't really realize it was my path to become a mom. Um, I, I quit my job to, and I was working in the nonprofit sector, um, and I quit my job to start my business in 2008 at the height of the recession, which kind of probably to a lot of people didn't look like the smartest move. And um And I did it without a business plan, no business background. Um, I just knew it was something that I wanted to do and that there was a need. Um, But I also started it with no formal design training. So I've been really lucky to sort of be able to build this business and this career doing something I really love in a way that was sort of haphazard. Um, So, so many things in my life, it just sort of you know, it's been these like happy accidents that have brought me to, to doing something and being somewhere where I feel, um, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Although, you know, I was talking to, um, another new friend last night who Cody, I think I'm, I, I want to connect you to this person now that we're, we're talking about it. Um, she's a scientist and has a, a young kid and she's just kind of a bad bitch like everyone talking here today. Um, and we were talking about, you know, what, what, what is luck really, right? Because I think a lot of times people like us, we create these opportunities, you know, it's not, it's not happenstance. That right, right. Yes. Of fell course. into a job that you love, right? You've really, you've really taken steps, intentional steps um, to get there. And some of it has just been, you know, in the same way that you were talking about, you didn't realize you were breaking rules. It's just inherent to you. But in other ways, you know, you've really, you've really created the life that, that you love and that you want to live. And, and in that same way, you've been intentional, I think, in becoming the kind of mom that you want to, that you want to be. I try, you know, as you were saying that I was realizing it, isn't that, isn't it such like a sexist thing to be like, oh, I'm just lucky that I've gotten here, you know, not taking credit. If you were, if I was a dude, I'd be like, oh yeah, like I did all of this because I'm super good at it. And I feel like that's (laughs) something I'm, I'm trying to get better at. That's a rule that I need to break the, (laughs) the sort of, you know, a humbleness that comes an apology for success. I think that, um, unfortunately comes with being, uh, a woman. Such a good point. Lydia, get us back on track here. What are we talking about today? Yeah, we want to hear, this is great. Everything you're sharing is awesome. We want to hear a bit more about the rule we're debunking, which as a reminder for our listeners is 
having a kid means losing yourself. So Cody, tell us when was the first time or maybe when did you start to notice this rule around you? Did it come up when you had your son? Was it before you were thinking about having kids? Like where did this feedback show up in your sort of sphere? Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's one of those things that it, I didn't really realize that it existed until I sort of had my child, you know, but it, I, I realized I was grappling with it and the path to sort of make the decision to have a child. Cause it's just, it's, um, it's not so much that it's like society every day telling you, um, that having a kid means losing yourself it was more, um, because I don't think that's true for everyone. I think even the parenting where I saw people doing it a certain way where I said, oh my gosh, like that would mean totally losing myself to do that for them. That's not losing themselves. That's what makes them happy. And that's sort of their ideal being a parent. Um, I think it was more just like not really realizing that there was more than one way to, to be a parent. And I think, um, mm. Uh, you know, that there's people, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure we've all heard it from people just in conversation or, or sitcoms or whatever that people are like, oh, you better enjoy traveling while you can um, or say things to you like, oh, I sure wish we could have a life like you single gals, you know, or, you know, around town and, and going out and doing this fun stuff. But, you know, since having kids, you know, we can't. And, um, you know, so there's sort of just this assumption that, um, you can't sort of do fun things and go on the trips that you want to go on. Um, and, you know, for me, it really came down to, um, it wasn't sort of a said rule, but it was what was being modeled for me or, or rather also what was not being modeled for me. Um, so, you know, most of my childhood or college friends weren't having kids um, when I sort of started thinking about this, getting into my, my late 20s. Um, and they weren't thinking about it and they hadn't had kids. Um, so I couldn't look to them and say, oh, look, you know, they're doing it and they're, you know, successful and, and happy. Um, and the parents that I did know um, and, you know, were in the suburbs, you know, maybe they started in the city or ended up in the suburbs. Um, and they seem to have a life that revolved, you know, to me, <laughs> not that this is true, but to me, it seemed, oh gosh, their life revolves around their kids or these kid focused activities, like, you know, a soccer practice and minivans and rooms full of toys, um, you know, taking over the house and, you know, taking your vacation to Disneyland or a water park, um, and, you know, no judgment. I mean, it sounds like I'm making a judgment, but I'm really not. I mean, for, for a lot of people, that's what they want and that makes them happy. But it wasn't for me. And I saw that and said, I couldn't be happy. Um, I, I just can't picture it. So for a long time, I just thought maybe having kids isn't for me. If, if having kids means you do need to move to the suburbs in order to find a good school or have more space and, and you have to take kids to these very kid-specific vacation destinations because kids can't behave themselves, you know, at a resort in the Caribbean or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, the other part of it was that, you know, I wanted to live in New York City and, um, I live in Park Slope and I have since I was 18 and um, things are definitely changing for the better. 
but we all know sort of, or we probably all know the stereotypes of the Park Slope parents and, and kids. And I, it's not necessarily what I see now as a Park Slope parent myself, but when I was sort of around the neighborhood, um, you know, there's this helicopter parent or over parenting kind of thing. Um, like I said, I think it's fading a little bit, but, um, you know, I look at that and I'm like, I don't want that either. You know, I, I, I don't want to have to be constantly on top of my kid and, um, and, you know, having them throw tantrums in the store and, you know, having to coax them, you know, with toys and treats down the street, that kind of thing, which is what I was seeing. And of course I was probably seeing, the opposite of that all the time. I just wasn't noticing it. What I was noticing was all these red flags of, of, um, things that I just couldn't picture for myself. So, so it was really that things weren't being modeled for me. And I just thought, I'm, I'm not sure if, if this is right for me. I don't think that parenting is right for me because I can't really picture myself having a kid in the city, the way that I see it here or, um, you know, doing, doing it another way. When did you sort of discover that you could actually parent in a way that worked for you? Like, I imagine changing your mind, like being someone who isn't really into having kids and then becoming someone who has a kid, like, that's a big deal. So I'm curious what, like, when did you realize you could actually break the rule and create (laughs) a parent-child relationship where you don't lose yourself and it doesn't look like all those things that don't work for you? Well, I guess, I mean, it's, it's an ongoing process. I'll be honest about that. Um, but I think that, um, you know, one of the things that I, I, a rule that I did not break and a rule that I always had for myself was, um, to not even consider kids before I was 30. That was sort of something I, my mom probably said it to me as an offhand comment one day, but it just always stuck with me. Um, and since I hadn't had that sort of like urge that everybody tells you you're going to have eventually, um, it wasn't really that hard to put it off. Um, and you know, I, I wasn't really waiting for a relationship because as I said, I met Doug when I was 19. Um, so if I was going to be having kids, I was going to be having them with him. I started my business at 27. Um, so basically around 30, I decided, okay, I'm a planner we need to make a decision one way or the other. It doesn't mean we're going to have a kid right now or not, but you know, is this sort of the way we're going? Let's actually look at this and see if this is something that we could want for, for ourselves in our life. And, and if not, then, you know, that would sort of open us up to looking to live somewhere that doesn't have a good school and, and things like that. But you sort of get to a point where you're sort of like, okay, piss or get off the pot kind of thing. Um, (laughs) um, so, you know, we had on the one hand, you know, I was in a stable long-term relationship, work was going well. It's sort of all of the things were there that you sort of, everybody tells you that you should sort of have in line. Um, but at the same time, because of that, we were living this great life together. And I think because we'd been together so long and things were so good and we're traveling and seeing the world and enjoying being what they call dinks, dual income, no kids. Um, and, and all of the sort of fun that that allows just going to every concert that comes that we want to go to, you know, that kind of thing. Um, 
you know, it was really hard to imagine this even, even more so as we were like, okay, maybe this would be for us. Let's really consider it. It was really hard to say, oh, let's bring this element in that we don't know how it's going to affect our relationship and our life. And obviously there's going to be, you know, a financial burden and, you know, it was really just sort of this unknown thing. So, um, in 2000, we were actually celebrating 10, uh, in 2010, sorry, we were celebrating 10 years together. And it was also the year that I was turning 30. Um, so it was sort of like all of this stuff coming together at once. And we took this extravagant three week vacation, uh, to, we started in Spain and we took a boat and we went throughout the South of France. And then we spent a week in Italy and it was phenomenal. Um, and we were sort of reflecting on our 10 years together and I was turning 30 and it's not like we went saying, Oh, we're going to have this trip and talk about whether or not we want to have kids on this trip. It was more just this light bulb went off and I suddenly was away from my life and the day to day and away from all of the, um, the questions and the streets that I normally walk down and, and the people that I would normally see and I really saw, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I really did see parenting happening in such a different way in Europe than I, than I had seen it. And I don't necessarily think that it's so vastly different. Um, I think it's also because I was sort of ready to notice it at that time as well. But, you know, we were on the beach and instead of, parents lugging, you know, two giant Ikea bags full of toys and snacks and kids running amok and screaming. Um, you know, I saw kids playing nicely and calmly together with just a couple of toys and the parents sipping some wine and talking amongst themselves. And I'm sh like I said, I know that that happens in the U S I just hadn't seen it cause I hadn't noticed it. And I guess maybe what I was noticing in Europe was more as sort of the, the lack of that other type of sort of loud parenting. And it took a little while to realize why it was so relaxing on the beach and why I was sort of looking at these little families and romanticizing what they had. Um, because it just seemed like, Oh, these, these grownups have kids and yet they're still totally themselves and having their own conversations and the kids are playing together nicely and they're being sweet to their parents. And, um, and suddenly I started to realize, okay, that's something that I could see having for myself. That's really nice. Um, so I know that's like a very roundabout long, long answer to your question. No, it's oh, but I think you're, yeah. And I think you're really onto something in terms of the, the change in environment, right? Mm -hmm. um, Lydia and I have talked before about you know, inspiration being the result of a new encounter. It's a new place or a new person or a new idea. And you got to see something in a different context. And like you said, it may have existed um, here or may exist here, but it's not what you were looking for. Um, you kind of had your, your set filters on, right, when you're at home. Exactly. Yeah. So how's it going so far? How has this, uh, how has this alternate version of being a parent, um, how's it working out for you? Tell us a little bit about your life with, with Waylon and, and the dude. Well, it's it, um, so far so good. Um, you know, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest and, and being a parent and again, a total cliche, but it's true. Being a parent is hard work. 
And, uh, you know, I think things, one of the things that we didn't factor into all of that, um, was that things are a little extra tough for us because we don't have a lot of support. We don't have like family or friends coming around to help or make a meal or stay overnight so that we can go out. Um, and that adds a little bit of extra stress to the situation. But I will say this, we're very lucky to have careers that we love and we've found fantastic childcare that we trust. And so even though we don't have a lot of family support, we are in a very privileged position to not only be able to have both of our jobs and pay for childcare, but also be able to sort of do our own thing from time to time, um, by paying for a babysitter when we need one, um, not as often as we might like. Um, but this sort of like not losing yourself, is sort of twofold because not only is it going to the shows that we want to go to and still sort of maintaining our relationship and our life and our interests outside of, uh, our relationship with our son. But it's also in a big way meant bringing our son into that with us as well. So, so introducing him to our interests and, um, and making it sort of a two way street so that when we all as a group are doing things together, it's things that we can all enjoy. I mean, obviously there's some compromises (laughs) involved in that. Um, for example, we go to Coney Island. I would love to ride the cyclone. Um, we can't do that. So we go on the wonder wheel (laughs) one day he'll be tall enough. Um, but you know, we still get to go to Coney Island and have a good time. (laughs) What are some examples of other, uh, other things that are your tastes and that are a part of your identity that you've introduced Waylon to? Um, well, uh, and Colleen, I know we, we've spoken about this before, (laughs) um, um, music. I mean, and it's not just so much that I'm like, I'm going to get my kid to listen to the music that I like. It's more, I'm not interested in listening to kids music. (laughs) So the music that we listen to is the music that I like. (laughs) Um, so I sort of, you know, made some rules like that where, you know, it's just, you know, as much as I love kids and, and their stuff, Elmo's voice makes me want to strangle somebody, um, preferably Elmo. Um, so I don't necessarily <laughs> want to, you know, hear him singing or like, the, you know, like it's like the chipmunk sing, whatever. And I just couldn't do that in my house. Like all of that stuff, like all of the toys that make like lots of beeping noises and, and all of that sort of stuff. I'm just like, I can't, I tried, I really did. And I just couldn't do it. And, um, I will say one of my friends is a really awesome punk rock guy. I went to high school with him. Um, his sister was in the band team dress. She's got a good like rock pedigree. And he actually did come out with a kid's album and it's sort of like my one exception. Um, but, uh, I will say, you know, we listen to the Ramones and we listen to Blondie and we listen to the clash and we listen to, um, Beyonce, he loves Beyonce. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, one of my proudest parenting moments was we were going through a tunnel and he just screamed at the top of his lungs, Hey, ho, let's go. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this is cool. (laughs) And he, you know, he asks to hear, you know, songs that I love and, um, and you know, and that makes me, that makes me excited. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So cool. 
what are um like any challenges that you or maybe like I'm sure there are a lot of challenges just you know being a parent I'm not one but what are some of the biggest challenges you've really faced in trying to like you know stay true to yourself you know being authentically Cody but also being authentically a mother how do you reconcile or or balance those two things are they separate are they not separate like what's what are the challenges there the challenge is answering that question and and it's sort of like a daily challenge um and you know, balance is one of those things that you hear about all the time, especially when it comes to for working mothers, um, right? So, um, I think that uh, when I was pregnant, I remember seeing my due date, sort of visualizing it in my mind, and then after that was just blank, and I just couldn't picture what my life was going to be like. Um, I, you know, we'd sort of decided we're not going to have kids music and we're going to, you know, we're going to be cool parents and we're still going to focus on our relationship. And, and, you know, we sort of tried to set our priorities, but still, again, we had no idea. Like I'd never held a newborn before giving birth to one. So I really had no idea. I didn't know if anybody was going to hire me again. You know, I didn't have a job to come back to. I, um, you know, finished up all my projects and then just had a baby and hoped somebody would hire me again. Um, so, you know, those have been challenges, um, of just sort of not knowing, but the biggest, you know, I had my kid and my life didn't just disappear and I didn't just disappear. And, um, just like I sort of thought, like I would get into my late twenties and thirties and suddenly feel this twinge of, oh, I really want to have a baby and I get it and I get what everybody's saying. I never had that. You know, I sort of came into parenting in a very different way saying, I think this could be interesting. I think this could be a really important life experience for us. I could see us being very happy with, without having a kid and continuing the way that we have been, but sort of let's give this a shot and let's just be thoughtful um, about sort of how we approach it and, and hope for the best. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I was like, wow, I had a kid and I'm still me and my house still looks like my house. And I still like listening to the same music I did like listening to. And I want to do the same things. And I want to go out and have a couple too many glasses of wine with my friends. And, um, and I, I felt like I could do that. Um, so, you know, it's, it really is just sort of a daily thing. Um, having a business, I'm really lucky that I do have my own business and I decided, you know, to have a four day work week. That's another, I guess, I guess that's kind of a rule that I'm breaking. Um, and so for me, it felt like a good balance. Um, you know, obviously as a family, we have the weekends together. Doug works a five day work week, but I said, it would be really nice to be able to have a day a week. Um, and then always know that if it wasn't working and I, and I just couldn't make the time that there was the option of adding another day for him at daycare or now preschool. Um, but you know, it has been challenging and that I do have five days worth of work to do every week. And yet I, <laughs> um, am in, only in the office four days a week. So, um, you know, I just work really long hours those four days, but it means that I'm able to sort of turn off and really focus on, 
on being with him and being a mom and enjoying him. Um, and the challenges come when I'm not enjoying it. Like sometimes it's difficult and he hits me or has a tantrum. And those are the times when it's very difficult to sort of stick to my guns and say, I'm not going to put him in front of a kid's TV show. We're going to talk about this, having to remember that, you know, both of us sort of need to practice patience in order to learn it. <laughs> um, him like as a human being in the world and me as, as a parent, because patience as a parent is very different than patience as anything else. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes keeping the big, big picture and the perspective has been, has been a big challenge. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just want to take the easy road that day, but it sometimes needs to take a step back. And I think that having a really good and supportive partner during that time has, has been a big, really big help for me in that. Absolutely. Have you had any moments? I mean, you know, you're, we're talking through the challenges here. Um, a part of which it just sounds like is kind of the daily recalibration and, and checking in and, and tuning into the values that made you make this choice to begin with. Um, but there must have been some moments kind of like the, the hey, ho, <laughs> let's go moment, right? Where, where you thought, this is it. I, I think I'm doing this right. How fucking cool is this shit? <laughs> like, have any of that, has that moment crept up on you ever? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I think, um, I felt pretty cool. I mean, not at the time. Uh, yeah, actually at the time, um, I went into labor while I was at a concert. So, um, definitely okayed it with my doctor, but I was like, I just hope that I can wait until I get to see the strokes at governor's ball. And, uh, and then on the way home in the bus, I started going, huh, that feels funny. <laughs> um, and you know, later that day I was in the hospital. So, um, my son's middle name is Julian after the lead singer of the strokes. And I think that the, I'm hoping that that'll be a fun story for him to tell, you know, or to tell him one day, but, you know, even just starting off motherhood, um, that way and feeling like I could be at a show and that it's okay. And that I could still feel like I was doing the responsible thing. Um, and that I could still be there and still enjoy, be enjoying something and sort of come from that fun high of really doing something that I enjoyed a lot to, you know, having, having my son and giving birth, um, that was pretty exciting. And, and so I think things started out on a high, a high point there. Um, I will say I was very proud. Uh, one day we were at, um, a, party and there were a bunch of juice boxes and they, some of, they had different like Sesame street characters on them. And, I love Sesame street. I'm just not ready for it in my life yet. And, um, I feel like I'll get there eventually, but right now I just can't deal. And, and he pointed to them and said, Elmo. And I'm like, how did you figure out who Elmo is? Okay. Probably at school. Um, and then I handed him one that had big bird on it. And I said, well, who's that? And he said, Elmo. And then I realized he had no idea who Elmo was. He thinks all sort of like Sesame street Muppets, our Elmo. And then that made me kind of happy <laughs> that I didn't have to like sort of go down that road yet. <laughs> um, 
And also say, you know, another thing too, as I said, like having a supportive partner. Um, and, and again, like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of privileged that I, I am able to work and, and continue my career. And that's because I found really good childcare. Um, and I have put a lot of effort and research into finding um, a really good space that sort of echoes our values. Um, and so I know he's somewhere safe, but also somewhere that's going to be all about playing and uh, having a good time and where he dances to cool music and to see sort of every day how excited he is to go to school um that makes me feel really really good because i'll tell you there are a lot of people on almost a daily well, at least a weekly basis that um they don't mean to but definitely make comments uh that will just make you feel guilty about either not being a stay-at-home mom or, you know, if, if he is in preschool, they'll say like, oh gosh, that's such a long day. Um, you know, and I have to sometimes remind them if I'm feeling a little saucy that he's not mining for coal. He's, you know, playing with friends and eating snacks and having a fantastic time <laughs> with like, a bunch of other a party every day. <laughs> yeah, all day. Um, reading all of the books he likes and playing dress up and get to, it's, it's a lot, the teachers and the kids there are a lot more fun than I am, I guarantee you. So, um, you know, the fact that he's somewhere all day, every day, where not only is he learning and doing really well and thriving, but that he, you know, is excited to go to, um, you know, I, yeah, does it sting a little that he's not, like, so sad to see me go? <laughs> sure, on, like, a, on a very, you know, basic level, but in in the grand scheme of things, no, this is exactly, the, you know, sort of the best case scenario. So I, I had a question here. Um, Lydia, I hope you don't mind. I'm kind of going off script here, but I'm just a little curious. Fuck the script. Fuck the script. <laughs> exactly. Break those rules. <laughs> but I'm curious, you know, hearing you talk, um, I mean, it's such a cool story, and I think so many of our listeners are going to resonate with this, and I'm just really... Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm like a little proud that we're putting it out there because I think it's something that really needs to be heard by a lot of people. But I imagine that how you see yourself, um, how you define yourself, how, what you what you consider your identity has shifted a lot since you've become a mom. And I'm wondering, what are some of the ways that it's shifted in a way that really surprises you, but that you like a lot? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable and confident with who I sort of was before becoming a mom. It sort of allowed me to go there a hundred percent. There were a lot of things that I was sort of I don't know what I was waiting for, if that makes sense. Um, if somehow in the back of my mind I thought, you know, this business one day, it's just not going to work out and you're going to have to go get a nine to five job. And so you're going to have to sort of keep these suits in your closet or, you know, you can't have all the, those tattoos that you want or something like that. Um, and being a mom has really made me realize, no, this, this is who I am. And I feel, I mean, it might sound crazy, but I feel more authentically like myself and not like because of who I'm supposed to be is a mom. It's more just, um, sort of solidified for me that I can sort of 
I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't really know how to, to sort of say it, but, um, you know, since I had him, I was like, I was like, I've always wanted to get these extra piercings on my ear. Like I'm going to do that now. And, um, you know, I've, I wanted to get this work with this one tattoo artist. And I was like, I'm really going to actually pursue her and get an appointment and get those tattoos. And, um, I don't know. I, I think that it's one of those things that you, I, don't, I feel like maybe part of me felt like even though I was in this long, you know, long-term relationship, I'd had my business for a while. I've been in the same house for a while. Sort of my life was very um, stable. Um, it was kind of static and um, I didn't feel a hundred percent comfortable, kind of like I was still sitting up instead of sort of like leaning back and, and sort of falling into where my instincts were taking me. So now I definitely feel a lot more confident in sort of leaning in to who I always was more. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I love it's so amazing. <laughs> I, I got goosebumps like, on that one. <laughs> I know. It's like, Oh man. I mean, there's a lot of ways to sort of like, and I, I just want to be clear that I'm not saying like that that's going to be everyone's, you know, that that, that's what being a mom, but for me, that's been my experience. Um, and it hasn't, you know, it's not like when I'm doing those things, I'm thinking of my kid or thinking of myself as a mom. Um, I think more than ever, I've realized how important it is to, celebrate my identity and celebrate who I am because the more I'm happy and the more that I'm me, the better mom I'm going to be and the better role model I'm going to be for my son. Absolutely. Awesome. I mean, it sounds like you did a lot of this, this process of deciding to become a mom and, and, and then becoming one, um, kind of in some ways gave you a much stronger, more pressing reason to do that self-reflection and that internal investigation of who am I, who do I want to be? What matters to me? What are my values? Mm -hmm. Um, and as a result of that, you've kind of gotten a lot closer to who it is that you want to be and, and what you want to, um, bring to the world and how you want to show up for sure. Uh, And that, you know, that reflects across every part of your life, not just across you as a mom, even though that might have been sort of the catalyst for the investigation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. What other questions do we have for Cody today, Lydia? I'm curious what you would say to someone who's considering becoming a parent and has sort of fear about losing themselves in that. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, or maybe someone who is a parent and mm-hmm. and has the experience of like they've lost their identity. Right. Um, you know, it's so hard because, you know, with parenting, everybody's just got to do what's right for them. And even though I do things a certain way, it it is right for me, but it doesn't mean it's going to be right for somebody else. And that's what I would tell other people. I would say just because everyone you know is doing things this way doesn't mean you have to do it that way. Because I think you just, we take so many things as givens and they can really stress you out. And you might not realize why it's stressing you out until you realize 
that you don't want to be doing it, you know, that you maybe don't want it for your kid or don't want it for yourself. Um, and you know, the second thing I would say is that, you know, a little perspective is always good. And I know that that's really hard. And I know that that's easier for me to have knowing that I have a supportive partner. And also I get to leave being a parent and go to work. I mean, not that it's like I'm going and having a party, I'm working, but still I get some space, um, which, you know, in the quiet times when I'm going for a walk or having a meal, I can do a little bit of reflecting. Um, so I, constantly try and have sort of a touchstone. And, and it's the same thing that it, I apply this to design. Um, when I'm working with my clients, we sort of put together sort of a brand inspiration board that we always go back to. And whenever they're doing something with social media or their website, I always encourage them to go back to that board to make sure that it weaves in with the story that we're trying to tell and the colors and the visuals and all that sort of thing. Because as with anything, if you don't take the time to sort of go back and check in, it's really easy to sort of go down a path that takes you further and further away from that thing. So, um, you know, pick one or two sort of, I don't know if it's a mantra or something to meditate on or whatever you want to call it. Um, and just sort of make sure you have at least a moment during the day, even when it's your even when, if it's when you're in the shower or when you're peeing or, you know, walking to the train to sort of stop and say, you know, am I happy? And, and what do I want? How do I want to spend the holiday? Um, you know, instead of thinking about sort of what kind of holiday experience do I want for my child, for them to remember about how do I want to spend this holiday? Um, because what I am always coming back to is that a happy family um, makes for a happy kid. Um, and, uh, sometimes it makes it a lot easier to make hard decisions or get through hard times. Um, when you remember, okay, this is tough right now, but it's sort of for the greater good. Um, it's much easier to sort of work on that time when you're trying to teach your child to sleep through the night. Um, if you can remember, I don't want them to be crying right now, but as soon as we get through this and he can sleep through the night, that means I can sleep through the night. And if I'm rested, I'm going to be happier and I'm going to be a better parent. And, um, you know, so it's really, you know, I try and, you know, sort of go back to looking at us as a whole and saying, are we happy um, as a family? You know, not just always is Waylon happy. And it's really, really hard to do that. Um because it is all about your kid. Um, and he does come first, even just like in your heart and emotionally. Um, and so if you aren't able to do that for yourself, find somebody that can help you do that. Um, even if it's going to therapy or checking in with a friend that you meet up every week or two weeks, uh, you know, just ask them to ask you, so how are you doing? Are you happy? <laughs> and, um, and are you rested? And, you know, just sort of keep in mind that um, the whole is going to ultimately be better, even if it, if it makes things, you know, maybe a little bit uncomfortable today. Um, it's, it's sort of a long game. Absolutely. So powerful. I feel like a lot of what you just said is sort of just our, our like motto. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, you know, you're so right. There was this one one sentence that um, I read when I was kind of taking some notes for our, our last episode. And um, 
I think you'll relate to it a lot is this idea that the best gift that I can give my family is a whole mom, a woman who likes herself, knows herself and respects herself enough to experience her own life. That's incredible. Where's that from? <laughs> You're like, now I want my next tattoo. Yeah, please. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's from a Huffington Post article called How Women Lose Themselves in Motherhood by Mia mm. Redrick. Um, it, it'll be on the blog. Um, in fact, it's already on the blog. So definitely something to look into. But I just, isn't that fantastic? And I, I'm really with you on that. I think, you know, we've talked about this before, Lydia, with with parents in terms of, people who keep full-time jobs because of the benefits and stuff like that to the kids. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but, but jobs that they hate, you know, and it's this idea of, is your kid going to benefit more from slightly better health insurance? Or are they going to benefit more from a dad who doesn't want to murder himself every time <laughs> he comes home from work? Right. But it's, it, it is, it's a, it's a tricky thing. Cause it's sort of a catch 22 because you know, it's like, okay, what's best for the kid, but then what's best for the parent. And, you know, maybe, maybe child, you know, you're working really, really hard to just pay for your childcare expenses. And it might be easier to just leave your job and be with your kid. But what if you don't want that? Um, you know, like that was, I think one of my big fears was that I'd sort of be forced into full-time motherhood. And that was something that, um, I was really afraid of. And it was, it's really hard to talk about that because you're supposed to want to stay home with your kid. You're supposed you know, there's this whole sense that, um, working moms would rather be home with their kid, but they're working because they have to. And, um, you know, I'm going to say, even though I know that some people are going to say that it's selfish, um, I want to be working. I want that time apart. I think it makes me a better mother. I think that, at, you know, daycare, he's getting this great experience that's better than what I could give him in that time. Um, is it perfect? No, but, but I always remind myself Nobody has ever said any of this stuff to Doug. <laughs> um, nobody is ever, you know, asking him how he balances things or if he was going to go back to work. Um, so a lot of it is just sexist bullshit anyway. So, you know, when in doubt, blame the patriarchy. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. I think we can end on that note. <laughs> if that isn't the motto of my life, I um, yeah. Oh man, especially with all the madness going on in the world right now, huh? Oh, Lord. yeah. Thank you so much, Cody, for coming on the show. This has been such an awesome interview and and really just a cool story to get to be a part of and to to witness and to share with our fans and followers. Before we sign off, um, I'd love to give you a chance to tell everybody a little bit more about what you do and where they can find you. Sure. Um, so I, as they said in the intro, but I do uh, brand identity and web design for businesses and I work primarily with women owned businesses, but not exclusively. Um, my web, my business is called Loki Loki. Um, my website is Loki times Um, you can find me on Instagram at Loki times two L O K I T-I-M-E-S-T-W-O. Um, and you can just look for me as Cody McBurnett on LinkedIn or Facebook. Awesome. 
Thank you so much for joining us. I hope Thank you, you guys so much. This was so much fun. And it's <laughs> yeah. nice to sort of, it's nice to have somebody say, hey, I want to talk to you about being a mom because maybe you're doing something right because that doesn't happen a lot when you're a mom. <laughs> so I very much appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Totally. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rules Aren't Real. We hope it gave you some serious food for thought when it comes to the rules you might be following in your own lives. In fact, we'd love to hear about those personal rules of yours or any other thoughts you have about our show. Join the conversation on Instagram at RAR Podcast today. If you want to learn more about Lydia or me, please visit our website at rowancoaching.com slash RAR. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to break some more rules with you next week. See you soon. See you soon.